This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. As the pandemic eases here in the U.S., companies are looking at what the future of work will look like. Part of that falls into the lap of the CEO or the leader's best understanding of what puts the company on a path to success. Those skills as a leader may put them on the proverbial edge of what to do or what not to do to take their firm into future growth. Mike Useem is a management professor at the Wharton School. He's also director of the Center for Leadership and Change Management. Mike also uh, co-host of Leadership in Action every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time here on Sirius XM 132. And the author of a new book, The Edge, How 10 CEOs Learn to Lead and Lessons for Us All. It is due out tomorrow in book stands and available for you to purchase. And a pleasure to have our friend Mike Useem back with us. Hi, Mike. How are you? Dan, I'm doing great. I hope you're okay, too. I'm doing okay, but I, I tell you what, I look forward to doing this interview, uh, the next one we do in studio with you, in together, all right? Uh, right. We're coming back. Some some of my own classes are, are already back. So I think that's we're good. already seeing a little glimpse of the future. That's good. To, that's good to hear. Hey, um, so take us into your thought process of doing this book right now, because you have talked with me and obviously it, professionally it is your path uh, to talk about management and to talk about leadership. But in the scope of everything that's occurred here in the last couple of years, how important it is to, to kind of go back and, and look at where we're headed. Well, Dan, a way to think about this is the leadership skill set that got us here won't necessarily get us uh, over the next or carry us fully over the next five or 10 years. I worry about that because I offer one of the leadership courses here at the school, and we need to ensure that what we're teaching in that course or in leadership development programs more broadly, uh, we need to be sure that we're helping people prepare to lead not only now, next, next week, next year, five or ten years out, and uh, given all the changes, Dan, that we know all about, uh, again, to say it uh, one more time, the kind of leadership skills that got you into 2021 are going to have to be modified in the years ahead, and for that, spend time with uh, nine out of the ten chief executives that we feature in the book to try to answer that question. Yes, so is there, I assume there is, a recognition of some of these shifts going on by these leaders and how they need to kind of adapt their their operations, depending on whatever the company might be, uh, to, to really be prepared for that, that next window. Absolutely. And there are many paths uh, to that end. At a minimum, we don't want to give up what's been vital in the past. We've got to still think strategically, decide decisively, communicate. But on top of that, maybe best exemplified in one person I spent a good bit of time with named Mark Turner, who had run one of uh, the East Coast regional banks. WSFS is the name of the bank. And really interestingly and really compellingly for me, he took three months off as chief executive, uh, kind of almost like an academic sabbatical. It was a learning tour is the way he put it. To spend time with Apple, which he did. He spent time with Walmart, which he did. Trying to understand how technology was changing those industries uh, in order to better appreciate what he was going to have to do in banking. 
uh, which of course, of course, includes retaining uh, branches. Some people still want to walk into an office. But he really came to appreciate in spades that the financial technologies, fintech, was going to transform his industry, and he better do that before somebody else did it to him. So that's an example of somebody who's trying to get ahead of the curve before the curve uh, trips us up uh, to master what uh, – just literally master the leadership that he's going to have to uh, exercise and that of his successor in the years ahead. I would think with the example you just gave is probably more the exception rather than the rule, correct? That's the exception in the way he did it. But the chief executives I followed, so to speak, kind of shadow spent time with, um, including, for example, Trisha Griffith, who is the chief executive of Progressive, the huge um, auto insurance company based out of Cleveland, uh, they, in their own, each in their own way, have sought to master what lies ahead, ultimately, to ensure that they can lead ahead. So in, in Trisha's case, she came to appreciate that um, employees uh, more than ever now want purpose in what they're doing. They, they want to know why they're doing it, what, what benefits are they providing to customers. And Trisha Griffith um, issuing the older model of the uh, the, the great, the grand CEO who hands uh, strategy on down for people to execute, she's uh, learned to be more bottoms up, spending times in the cor- time with people in the corridors over lunch, um, and not being a no longer being a chief executive on a pedestal, but working directly uh, with employees. She has about forty thousand, so she has to think about how to do that. But the main point, Dan, is that. In recognition of how, in this case, employees are changing, she's adopted, um, frontally, just a very different model of how she works with and mixes among her 40,000 employees. One of the other people, uh, executives, uh, I heard you uh, had to talk with is Jeff Lurie, uh, who is the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, their team won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Team has struggled right now. He's very much involved uh, in environmental concerns and, and, and social concerns. What would you take away from following him? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because as, uh, as we move away from business, we often can learn um, as much about ourselves in business uh, from looking far away as sometimes looking close um, around us. And that's why I went to Jeff Lurie. By the way, I also have a chapter in there on no less than George Washington about how he mastered his own ability uh, to lead the Continental Army. But back to the coach of the Eagles, he had long just set for him a very high standard of getting into the Super Bowl and walking off with a win. And as you mentioned, he did that. But it was a, a long game, so to speak. And he it took a while to realize, but he did come to realize he needed uh, a, the right coach. He went through several before he got the right one. Uh, number two, he really had to bring together the people in the home office, uh, his inner circle, so that they, they pulled, uh, they rode in the same direction uh, with him. Yeah. And he also took a while, but it, it, it finally <laughs> came up with, uh, on his radar screen. He really had to take risks with players and plays in order to ultimately triumph, as he did a couple years ago in the Super Bowl. And that's a way of saying, and this is true also of George Washington, leadership is not, um, uh, there's no medication to make you a leader, no pill you can take. 
no simple solution for it. It's a, often a lifelong process. And Jeff Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, George Washington, the ultimately the president of uh, the country, uh, what's uh, very notable and others, I've looked at the chief executive, for example, of uh, Vanguard, the person who runs DuPont, is that the process of learning to lead uh, is sustained, prolonged, and lifelong in duration. And that's the really important point here, at least for me, and that is, again, the way we lead in 2021 will not be the way we're going to have to lead in 2026, five years out. And now is a really good time, and I tried to illustrate uh, some of the methods for doing so, for getting on top of what you're going to need five years out. The world's going to be different. Your company's going to be different. To get on that uh, now and not wait until then to suddenly realize you need a new set of leadership principles to guide you forward. So, so what are the things that that you've seen that 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 are kind of key ingredients to moving forward? Because mindset is obviously one of them, but it can't be the only thing. Yeah, I think uh, I, I would start with the original platform, which has always been true and is still true. And that is, you, as I said at the outset here. You really have got to be strategic in thought. You've got to be extremely effective in how you communicate that. And you've just got to learn to be decisive. That said, um, I, I think um, maybe by way of uh, kind of a, a, a tangible summary here, uh, you've really got to give thought to what you're going to need to get to the next stage in your own evolution to become a more general manager. And, Maybe just to illustrate the point a little bit more tangibly, I followed a person named Denise Ramos, who had been chief financial officer at ITT, and she was asked to become the CEO of a spinoff. And in doing so, she moved from primarily the finance function to now working with employee morale, Wall Street analysts, uh, manufacturing and it's discontents uh, in her international empire of, of, of um, plants that were making products, for example, auto brakes. And she rose to the occasion of when she was asked to become the CEO of, of, uh, of a spinoff from ITT uh, before she became responsible all the functions, all the business acumen that you really have to pull together if you're a top executive – she had already kind of front run that. She had learned as chief financial, or she forced herself as chief financial officer to learn about how the company worked with the equity market, how it worked with mayors and in, in places where she had facilities. So, Dan, I think the uh, quick summary of, of, of your good question there: uh, learning to be uh, the complete manager, the the executive that's got the full repertoire of, of the skill set, the vision, strategy, decisive decision-making, persuasive communication, and uh, um, where your workforce is going to be, what we're doing with the pandemic, how uh, the political climate is changing before we're actually asked to lead in those circumstances. How does that potentially also play in when you're thinking about our education piece in the, in this country right now, colleges and universities where a lot of this shift has really kind of, you know, taken hold uh, over the last couple of years, how about the leaders of, of those institutions? 
You know, it's a really good question because in the book, um, I do advocate thinking about leadership regardless of the terrain you're in. If you're with a community group, a hospital, um, uh, some voluntary enterprise you may have started up or be active with, uh, the skill set, again, the country there, simply put, will not fully get you uh, to the next stage. And how do you make a difference? In my view, lots of research says the same thing. The skill set that we hold dear does not come from heaven. We don't, we're not born with it. Some have a head start from their early years, but to all of us, in my view, and this reflects my teaching at the University of Pennsylvania as well is that everybody, regardless of where you're working or what your past is, can strengthen their skill set. How do we do that? Well, many methods, but education, classroom, program development, um, essential. And then that's, of course, why virtually all major companies, many federal agencies, I've worked with a good number of state agencies as well, nonprofit organizations over the last 10 or 15 years, have developed but also evolved their leadership development offerings. So we don't leave it to chance the way we once did or kind of natural uh, capacities. Yeah. Uh, we and, and lots of groups that uh, I've seen out there directly spend a good bit of thought now, devote a lot of attention and actually a good bit of cash to developing leaders, uh, leaders and leadership for the next generation now. Off of what you you just said, Mike, is there enough of a recognition, uh, whether it be large company or small, that a lot of these concepts are the same? That you know the the elements of leadership will work, whether it's a Fortune 500 company or or a small business. Now there may be some tweaks along the way, but but th- there are many instances where they will be effective in both. Absolutely, and just to say what I offered up a few minutes ago. I've come to conclude from just lots of experience in in helping people think about their leadership development that sometimes by looking far, far away, let's look back to George Washington and his history and and the formation of the country, or a program I did a couple nights ago with a group in Beijing, uh, their leadership in China, that was the focus of of the program, strategy and leadership. I handled the leadership part. I used uh, non-Chinese examples. So they're looking over their shoulder. How is leadership playing out in the United States and Europe in ways they can actually draw from in Beijing and Shanghai? Uh, That's why we take, and you know this, Dan, that's why we take many of our students to the the Civil War battlefield of Gettysburg, or we work with the New York Fire Department. And that is by looking at people in different circumstances, uh, there is often just a blindingly direct, uh, sort of um, thunderclap almost when we appreciate, oh, this is how George Washington mastered the art of leading the Continental Army into victory, defeating the British at uh, the Battle of Yorktown after some seven years after he took command. And uh, I myself, uh, thinking about that, can take some steps now to master what I don't know. There's, There's nothing that can't be mastered uh, and I think by looking far away, we can often convince ourselves they could do it. I can do it as well. Mike, I want to thank you for a few moments. As always, you are a great resource that I, I enjoy talking with uh, just when we run into each other uh, on campus. And uh, obviously, I look forward to, to seeing you on campus soon. And obviously, all the best with the book as well. 
All right, Dan, thanks very much. And yes, we all are hoping to get back to in-person ASAP. Thank you for having me on. You got it. Mike Useem, uh and I'm not getting around about this at all. He is a phenomenal resource for, for us and for this show. Um, Professor of Management, Director of the Center for Leadership and Change Management at Wharton, as we also mentioned, uh, co-host of Leadership in Action here on Sirius XM 132. And as we mentioned, uh, the book is titled The Edge, How 10 CEOs Learn to Lead and the Lessons for Us All. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.